seriously popular. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Yesterday, 12th January 2022, Gardaí from Tullamore Garda Station attended to an incident following a call from a member of the public. It is every woman's worst nightmare. Whoever is responsible for this will face the full rigours of the law. From the team that brought you the trial of Lucy Letby, this is the trial, Ashley Murphy. On the 12th of January 2022, Ashlyn Murphy, a schoolteacher, was killed in the Irish town of Tullamore. Her funeral was attended by thousands and many more attended vigils for her across the world. Joseph Pushka is now on trial accused of her murder. He denies the charges against him. I'm Nicola Byrne, Deputy News Editor for The Mail on Sunday in Ireland. I'll be in court every day reporting on the trial as it happens. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheatham. Together, we'll examine what's happened in court and bring you the details behind the headlines. Today, we're going to bring you the evidence of a woman who told the court that Joseph Pushka followed her to the canal minutes before he allegedly attacked and killed Ashton Murphy. She told the court he was on his bike but was very close to her and staring directly at her in an intimidating way. We'll also explain that the court was told data on Ashlyn's Fitbit recorded the moment she was allegedly attacked and the moment her heart stopped beating. Welcome to episode three, The Fitbit. Nicola, so let's just start with a quick reminder of what we've heard so far. The court's now been sitting in Dublin for seven days and we know the prosecution case is that Ashlyn Murphy, who was 23 years old, left the primary school where she taught in Tullamore in County Offaly at around 2.40pm on January the 12th last year. She'd finished teaching for the day and she was heading to the Grand Canal in her blue Nike runners 
her leggings and a pink woolly hat. Yeah, we know this, Caroline, because CCTV cameras picked her up. In fact, the last image of Ashleen is footage of her final moments from when she left work at Skull Nave Column Kill in Duro at 2.37pm and drove to a car park by the Grand Canal to take her exercise. According to the footage shown to the court, she went over the footbridge leading to the canal towpath at 2.50pm exactly. The prosecution says she died at about 3.30pm that day, some 40 minutes later. She was stabbed 12 times in the neck. Now, some of those stab wounds were over 9 centimetres deep. One of those stab wounds was over 9 centimetres wide. Now, that attack severed her voice box, which the pathologist said was likely to have made her unable to cry out or to scream. The prosecution says Joseph Pushka, a father of five who is originally from Slovakia, murdered her. And they say that in the hours before he murdered Ashling, he was cycling behind two other women in the town on his bicycle. He sits in court in an open dock next to a translator. Yards away in benches to his right sit Ashling's family and her partner Ryan. And at times during this trial, their distress has been impossible to hide. Yeah, so it's been a really busy few days in court since the last episode, which was on Friday. And several prosecution witnesses have been giving evidence in the last couple of days, and we'll outline all of them today. But one key witness was a woman. Now, she's called Anne-Marie Kelly. And like Ashlyn, she's a primary school teacher. And she told the jury that Joseph Pushka was following her on his bike through Tullamore Town Centre and onto the Grand Canal, and she said this was happening around an hour or so before Ashlyn was killed. That's right, Caroline. She told the court that she was also doing some exercise that day, alternating between jogging and walking with her dog Joey through the town centre. She'd left her home on foot at about 2pm and it was as she passed the McDonald's restaurant in the town that she began to feel an uncomfortable presence near to her. This is what she told the court. Her words have been voiced here by an actor. I felt someone was very close and I turned around and looked and there was a man cycling a bike very slowly behind me and he was staring directly at me. The footpath widened and I stopped to let him pass, but he didn't. He wouldn't pass. So I continued to walk, but I felt uncomfortable. I decided that before the path narrowed, I would stop and just look at my phone and he would have to pass me. He did pass me, and as he passed, it was in really, really slow motion. It felt like a few minutes, but it was only a few seconds, I'm sure. He was going super slow, literally like slow motion, staring back at me. It felt like an intimidating stare. He would have been a similar build to myself, 5'7 or 5'8. He didn't appear to be local. I thought, he's a foreign guy. I really noticed his eyes. They were very distinctive. I had my head buried in my phone, to be honest. I was looking for a podcast and texting. I let my dog off the lead and I noticed him standing to the left of me. I sort of made a quick decision, and probably a foolish one, that he would not be able to bring his bike down the grassy part of the canal. I was nervous of the man, but I decided it was too mucky to cycle the bike down that side. I continued to walk down the grassy side of the canal, and I noticed he was behind me, walking quite fast then with his bike. At that point, I passed someone who I took to be a farmer. He was in his 50s or 60s, and he said hello to me. He was a heavy-set man. 
I continued to walk, but for some reason I had to stop, either to tie my shoelace or to call the dog back. I had to make a decision. I didn't want any more awkward encounters. I made the decision to put my head down and jog on past. I was conscious not to make eye contact or engage in any way. When I got to the Bollins lock, I could see him coming quickly behind me. So at this point, a man who Anne-Marie says has been following her from the town centre to the canal is still following her. But by now he's walking beside his bike. So she told the jury that she took a picture of the lock and she sent this picture to her friend. And she also left that friend a voice message. I wonder, Nicola, why did she do that? Yes, she said in light of the man following her, she wanted to know if it would be safe for her to cross the lock with her dog. So she texted her friend, left the voice message, but her friend wasn't online. So instead, she ran ahead to Digby Bridge, which was just up from the lock. And she told the court that she didn't see the man again after that moment. The defence don't dispute that the man on the CCTV cycling slowly behind Anne-Marie is Joseph Pushka, but what defence counsel Michael Bowman suggested was that the defendant wasn't following her, more that he was just in close proximity to her. And he said that his client admitted passing her, but he never intended to stare at her. Now, during this exchange, Nicola, Anne-Marie had been composed and clear in her evidence But it was when she was asked by the prosecutor about someone else that she saw along the canal path that day that her voice started to falter a little bit. And and Nicola, this was the last person that she saw that day. Yes, it was, Caroline. She told the court that she saw someone else along the path. It was a woman, a young woman. Here's how she described her to the court. And at this point, her voice became emotional. Her words here are voiced by an actor. I saw a lovely, friendly girl younger than me, in a peachy-coloured hat. I said hello and she asked me about my dog. That was the last person I met. She was probably in her mid to early twenties. She had blonde brown hair, very friendly and smiley and chatty. I think she asked the dog what breed he was. My dog had gone running up to her and she was petting him for a few minutes. Now we now know the woman Anne-Marie was chatting to matched the description of Ashlyn who we also know was on that same path in the minutes before her death. We'll just take a quick break there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Nicola, we've already said in previous episodes that CCTV plays a big part in this investigation. And we heard during Anne-Marie's evidence that footage of Joseph Pushka cycling slowly behind her was shown to the jury. But we also heard a little bit more about all of this and this sort of timeline, if you like, from the prosecution. 
Yes, the jury were told that more than 25,000 hours of CCTV footage had been collected in the hours and days after Ashleen's death, which the police analysed piece by piece. And on Friday, the jury were taken through some of that footage by a detective. Now, before the images show Joseph Pushka following Anne-Marie Kelly in the town centre on January 12th, it also picked him up cycling slowly behind another woman until she went into a supermarket. And at that point, he appeared to turn his bike around. Shortly afterwards, he was picked up following Anne-Marie. Detectives told the jury the clip also shows him reaching into his pocket, holding something in front of him, and then returning it once again to his pocket. Now, the footage also picks up Ashlyn after she left her primary school in Durrow and drove to Tullamore to begin what was to be her final walk along the Grand Canal shortly after 2.50 that day. She was wearing, as we said, that pink woolly hat, a black jacket, a scarf, dark coloured leggings and dark shoes with white soles. And Nicola, we know that some of those items were shown to the court last week because... They were recovered from the canal after she died. Yes, Caroline, the court was shown a number of Ashlyn's clothes and personal belongings in clear plastic evidence bags and some of these were blood-soaked. This was an awful moment for Ashlyn's parents and her partner, Ryan. They wept openly in court as the jury were shown her belongings. Now, we know there's no CCTV which covers the stretch of the canal along which she walked that day or of the crime scene, that patch in the brambles where she was allegedly murdered at around 3.30pm that day. But what the jury were shown was a series of CCTV images which the prosecution say is Joseph Pushka. So, Nicola, just walk us through what they were shown in the hours after Ashton's death. So they were taken through this footage by Detective Garda David Harney and the CCTV's footage starts much later in the day. It's around 8.55 that night. It shows a man wearing dark clothes at Monsell's garage. Now, this is quite a rural location and the officer said it was unusual to see someone walking there in the dark. The man was described by Detective Garda Harney as slightly hunched with a tight haircut and wearing dark clothes. He can then be seen walking back into Tullamore. The officer said he believed the man in the CCTV was Joseph Pushka. Now, another witness called to give evidence at this point was Roy Jennings. He told the court that he left his home in Tullamore at about 8.30pm that night. He was heading in his car to his local Aldi to buy a bottle of wine, but first popped down to the car park beside the Grand Canal because he'd heard what had happened earlier that day and was just, as he said, being nosy. His words are spoken here by an actor. It was pitch black and just out of nowhere this guy appeared. I almost felt I could have hit him with my car. Mr Jennings continued on to the supermarket and spent about 10 minutes in Aldi before setting off home again. A few yards up the road I came across the same individual. He wore dark clothes, a tracksuit with a cream or white stripe down the side. The tracksuit trousers were dirty looking, roughed up kind of, as if he'd rolled in the grass and muck. When I saw this person, I felt the notion come into my head. Could this be the guy? 
But then I said no because I believed the guards had a suspect that evening. It just didn't seem right. A couple of days after this I was sent a CCTV image of the alleged suspect on a bike and the first thing that stood out to me was the stripe. It just looked very similar to the person I saw that night. That's when I contacted the Gardaí. So the next footage the jury was shown was from about ten past nine that night when a man approached a house in the Churchview estate. Now the footage then showed him leaving again in a grey VW Golf with another person. And what the court's been told is this was Joseph Pushka getting a lift from someone he knows. Yes, a friend of Joseph Pushka called Rostislav Pakuta told the court that he drove him home that night. The jury heard on the evening of the 12th of January, um, Mr. Pakuta was eating his dinner at home at the Churchview estate in Tullamore when there was a ring on the door, which his son answered. He said that Joseph Pushka was there and asked him for a lift home. He described him as being very frightened, uh, very scared and wet. And he also said that his face was scratched. So the next image from the CCTV footage is from 1am the following morning. And this was shown again to the jury. And the prosecution say this footage shows Joseph Pushka arriving at an apartment in Crumlin, having got out of a Prius car with his mother and father. Caroline, this address at Armagh Road in Crumlin on the south side of Dublin City is where Pushka's parents lived. And Nicola, at this point, the officer mentioned Joseph Pushka's appearance to the jury. Yes, he told them that he had facial hair and he appeared to be moving normally, smoothly, and that he had his phone in his hand, but he suggested that he had changed his clothes. Now, this was significant because the following morning, an ambulance was called to that house. Yes, a firefighter called Connor Mackey told the jury he attended an apartment in Crumlin shortly after 11am on January 13, following an emergency call to say Joseph Pushka had been stabbed. He said there appeared to be three wounds to his abdomen. He said they weren't actively bleeding, one of the wounds had a bandage on and he took off that bandage to access the wound. Another paramedic called Neil Custer was also there and he told the court that Joseph Pushka was making groaning, moaning noises when he arrived. He said he couldn't speak English and that a woman he believed to be a cousin was acting as a translator. He also saw the three stab wounds as well as a number of scratches across Joseph Pushka's head and hands. He said the stab wounds were small and thin, like knife wounds, and he said they didn't look fresh. He gave him medication to deal with any internal bleeding and then he put him on a drip which included morphine for pain. Another paramedic called Rian Finch also attended and she said there were two or three small punctures across his lower abdomen. She said they were clean and they weren't bleeding. She also said though that he had cuts on his head and his arms. Joseph Pushka was taken by ambulance to the nearby St James's Hospital in Dublin. Now, Nicola, the last evidence we heard today was data evidence, which was taken from Ashlyn's Fitbit, which she was wearing as she set off along the canal that day. And this was explained at length to the jury. But in essence, it seems to have recorded the moments of the attack 
and then the moment when Ashlyn died. Yes, Caroline. Detective Garda Kieron Byrne gave evidence of how Ashlyn's heartbeat and GPS location became erotic and volatile at 15.21 on 12 January, according to the data that he analysed from her Fitbit. The device recorded her setting out on her exercise at 14.51. She turned west first from the car park where she left her little red Seat car and then she crossed a footbridge and turned east and began walking. At 15.16, the Fitbit recorded her turning back on herself and by 15.20, she'd already walked 3k. A minute later, all the readings began to go haywire. At 15.21, the device no longer recorded Ashlyn going east or west, but instead it was moving in an erratic and violent manner, swaying from zero to 360 degrees. When Ashlyn started her walk, her heartbeat was at 100 beats per minute, which raised almost immediately to a consistent 120 beats per minute for the duration of the time she was walking. But at 15.21, her heartbeats began to decrease sharply, falling below 100 beats, then 80 beats, then 60 beats. Her heartbeat increased slightly around 15.27. And at 15.31, the device no longer recorded any heartbeat. So that's it for today's episode. Joseph Pushka denies the charge of murder and the trial continues. So we'll be back later this week with more updates from the court. And Nicola, you'll be there for us. Yes, Caroline, I'll be there every day and we'll be back Friday with the next episode. In the meantime, you can follow us at The Trial Podcast or you can follow me at Radio Caroline. See you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.